Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. dive in to the book of Acts chapter 10. And just lastly, I'll just say, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh alongside my beautiful wife, Joanna. We have the privilege of serving you all as the pastors of this church. So Acts chapter 10, one through six, let's read as follows. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed to God regularly. And one day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Apparently Simon was a popular name. I don't know. It's like Simon was staying with Simon. Anyway, I want to take you now to verse 44 of the same chapter. Read a few scriptures there. It reads as follows. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speak in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being water baptized, for they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Now we're going to go into a sermon that I've titled, The Power of Your Next Step. The Power of Your Next Step. Do me a favor, say that to your neighbor. Would you say to them, The Power of Your Next Step? I want to pray with you, and then I'm going to seat you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for all that you've been doing in the service. We thank you, God, for what you've already done, and we are excited, God, for what you're getting ready to do. Now, God, as we go into your word, I pray that you open up our hearts and our minds. I pray, Father, that as the word goes out corporately, that we would individually hear your word that is being spoken to us. Let it bring something direct and something that is relevant to every person in this room. And God, I pray that they would not just hear a relevant word, but then they would do the thing that you have called them to do so that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Clap your hands one last time, Lighthouse Church, and you may be seated. As I get into this sermon, how many know that there are some words that when you just say the word, it brings back a flood of memories? And sometimes those memories bring emotions with it. There's just some words where you hear the word and you're like, oh, man, I'm getting all kinds of memories just hearing that word. So let me hit you with one right now. Here's the first word, blockbuster. All the young people in the room are lost. They're like, what is that all about? But listen, all of my older folks in the room, and by older, I mean like 30 plus, uh, we're old enough to remember that Blockbuster was a place where you had to go to get a movie. 
Before there was digital downloads, you had to go to a Blockbuster. Y'all remember Blockbuster? How many just remember those Friday nights at Blockbuster? And you'd show up hoping that the new release, they had some inventory there. I mean, you'd have to go to the section that said new releases and hope and pray that you got there early enough so that you too could make it a Blockbuster night. Do you guys remember that tagline? That was their tagline, make it a blockbuster night. And you had to go and grab this big cassette and stick it into a VCR. And when you stuck it into the VCR and watched your movie before you sent it back, there was this sticker that they put on there. Do y'all remember what that sticker said on top of that VHS? Yeah, be kind, rewind. And all the young kids in the room are like, rewind what? You went to a store? The other day my son called me, he's like, dad. Like, what's up, Jaden? He goes, No Way Home is out. Okay. So, can you buy it? Can you download it so I can watch it when I get home? I'm like, yes. And so when he gets home, it's already preloaded on for him. I'm like, you never know the struggle. Like, these kids will never know the struggle of going to Blockbuster and finding out that they were all out of your movie that you wanted to watch. There's another word. There's another word. MapQuest. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where, 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 where are my MapQuest people at? You see, see, y'all kids, listen in, listen in, kids. Having a GPS on your phone is new, okay? Like, like before they put GPS on your phone, you had to go to a website called MapQuest. You'd open up an internet browser on your computer at, at your house, and you would go to MapQuest.com, put your starting address, enter your destination, and then would print you up a map. And if you were lucky enough to have a printer, you'd make a printout. If not, you were taking copious notes with pen and paper right there, just like... And you would take that printout with you, and you'd get in the car, and you certainly didn't leave without your MapQuest. Now, now you might think this is ancient technology, but this was an upgrade. Because before MapQuest, what did we do? We asked for directions. Y'all remember that? This is where I live. You're going to take the 805 North. You're going to exit 8th Street. You're going to make a right. You're going to go about four stop signs, and you get to the fourth stop sign, you're going to turn left. Then you're going to see a jack in the crack. When you see that jack in the box... That's what we said back in the day. When you see Jack in the Crack, you're going to make a right-hand turn there. You're going to see a pink house that's dilapidated. I'm on the left of that. Okay, y'all remember that? Come on, where are my people old enough to remember? That's how we did it. We didn't have no phone with GPS. Come on, we, we asked for directions. And what's crazy about that and what I love about that MapQuest example is it really makes me think about how God, he doesn't give us maps. I think about how God, he does not give us maps. And that's what I want to talk to you about here in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, we get to this scripture here. And I love what this commentator said about this encounter between Peter. Somebody say Peter and Cornelius. Somebody say Cornelius. So here in the text, one writer said this, the world is forever changed in this chapter. And at the time, few people even knew it. I mean, this was, there was no social media. There was no Instagram. There was no going viral. There was no hashtags and trending. So when something happened, it took time for the world to know that something significant, something major, something monumental, something that forever changed the course of human history had happened. So let me break this story down for you. We're introduced to this man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. We read in the text that he is a leader of a centurion of soldiers. Centurion means a hundred soldiers. So he's the captain and he oversees this centurion. So he has a hundred people that were underneath him, military people. And what we read about Cornelius was first off that he's a devout man. 
He is a devout man. This is what it says about Cornelius. He feared God. He gave alms to, to people that were in need. That basically means he was generous with his money. He helped people who were less fortunate than him. And then it goes on to say that he prayed to God always. He prayed to God always. Now, the outside, you can say of this man that Cornelius was a good man. Cornelius was a good man. Have you ever met someone that said, I'm not a religious person, but I'm a good person? You know what I mean? Like that. Some of you might be in this tent right now where you're like, I'm not a religious person. I don't have a church that I call my home and I don't have a pastor, but I consider myself a good person. But there's this tension that Cornelius was living in because he was not a proselyte. And, and let me break that down for you. What that means is that although Cornelius worshiped Jehovah, the God of the Jews, although Cornelius followed many of the laws of the Jews. Listen, if you wanted to be like officially part of the Jewish religion, you had to follow every single law. Y'all, they had over 600 laws. And there were laws that applied to men and laws that applied to women. And I know a lot of people think, well, the church was, is just so unfair on women. Let me tell you about the church and what they did to men at this point in time. If you wanted to come into the Jewish faith, and if you wanted to fully proselytize into the Jewish faith, you had to follow the commandment of circumcision. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so a lot of men were like, yo, I'm with your God, but I ain't going that far. Like, I love you all, but I don't love you all that much. And that was the place that Cornelius found himself in. Cornelius loved their God, but he's like, yeah, yeah, we ain't going that far. We ain't going that far, okay? We ain't going that far. And this is what was going on with Cornelius. So he, he's... He's following a lot of what they do, but he hasn't quite gone all the way. So Cornelius was kind of in this place like, give me your God, but I really don't want that religion stuff. I want God, but I'm not willing to do all of that other stuff. Does that sound familiar at all? How many of you got some friends like that, right? They're like, just give me God, and I don't, I don't want anything else. So Cornelius was living in this tension. He was battling that tension, and he made a decision. You know, I'm just going to follow God in my own way. So now we know who Cornelius is. Let me talk to you about Peter. So Peter, who we're introduced to, he is the leader of the church in Jerusalem. That's who Peter was. Somebody say Peter. Peter. Simon Peter. So he's the leader of the church in Jerusalem, and he's out in Joppa now, and he's doing ministry work. The reason he went to Joppa is to evangelize. He's there to spread the gospel. He's there to try to start a new church in the region of Joppa. And just to let you know where Joppa is in relation to where Cornelius is, Joppa is 31 miles away from where Cornelius is. So there's a great distance between them, 31 miles. There's no cars, guys, okay? There's no cars at this point in time. So, so Cornelius and Peter are 31 miles away, and God speaks to Cornelius and tells him, you need to go and get someone and fetch Peter and bring him back to your house, and then I'm going to tell you what to do next. So here's what happens when we're introduced to Peter. Let's go back to Acts chapter 10, verse 10. Peter's doing the Lord's work, and this is where we pick up the, with the Bible, and it says this. So Peter became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. So what do we learn through this passage of scripture? First off, doing ministry work is going to make you hungry. <laughs> and I've been doing a lot of ministry work, Lighthouse Church, okay? So I've been really hungry. I'm just kidding. But, but, but we see Peter out in Joppa, and as he's hungry, he's like, y'all make me some food. And he decides to pray. And as they're praying, he has a vision. Now, what happens in this vision? Let's go to Acts 10, 11. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. 
Then a voice said, Peter, get up, kill, and eat. I'm going to say that one more time. Then a voice said to Peter, get up, Peter, kill, and eat. So Peter replies, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. And then the voice says to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Now, what do we learn from this? So far, we learned never pray when you're hungry. Because he was just like so confused. He's like, wait a second, I get this vision. All these things are happening. I'm so confused. Let me tell you something. Peter, who's the leader of the church, didn't know what to do with this. He, he, he didn't know what to do with this. And we know this from the next verse. It goes uh, 10, 17. It says this. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. Now, let me pause here. What I love here is that Peter doesn't know what any of this means. He's the leader of the church. So this is someone who's close to Jesus, has a relationship with Jesus, walked with Jesus for some three and a half years here on earth, and he doesn't know what this means. And what I love about this is I think this is a very liberating moment for Christians in the room who feel like you've got to have the answers to everything. You don't need to know everything. Let me, let me set you free, Lighthouse Church. It's okay to say, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know, because I, I, I get really some, you know, peeved by really spiritual Christians who think they know everything. Listen, y'all, I've been in church my whole life, pastoring a church, and there's a lot of things where I'm like, I don't know, man. Let's take it up to God when we get to heaven. You know, there's a lot of things like, we're just going to figure that out later when we get to heaven. And so Peter has no idea what any of this means. But here's what happens. Well, let's go to the next passage, Acts 10, 19 through 20. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, because he's like, I don't get it. The spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So now you have the context. And I think now I'm ready to preach this passage of scripture. So Peter doesn't understand what's going on. Peter's not sure. And he's like, God, what do I do with all of this? And all God says is, Peter, get up and follow these three men. And I'm going to show you. Now, a lot of you would have a very hard time with this because you've got OCD. Where are my OCD people in the tent? Come on, be honest. Raise your hands. How many would struggle if God didn't give you all the information you wanted? You would. Don't lie. You're in church right now. God says to you, I want you to go with them. And Peter's like, where? And God's like, no matter. Just go with them. Well, who are we going to go see? You're going to go see a man named Cornelius. Who's that? No worry. You're going to meet him when you get there. Well, where am I going? You got to go to Cornelius' house. That's 31 miles away. And God's like, so you better start walking. Like God, God is like telling Peter, he has a discussion with them and lets him know, I'm not going to give you all of the information. I'm just going to give you your next step. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. And listen, if you're not taking notes, it's a good idea to write this down anyway. Okay. We want a map and God gives us the next step. Let me tell you about God. We want a map and God don't work like that. God's like, I don't give maps. I give you your next step. That's the nature of God. And don't let anyone tell you different. We, we ask for God to give us which way we turn. What do we do when we encounter this? What do we do when we get here? We have these unrealistic expectations of God. We're like, God, if you know everything, shouldn't you at least break a little off to me? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give you your next step. 
I'm just going to tell you what your next step is. And this is what Peter had to do. Peter had to trust that God knew what he was doing. And some of y'all live your life acting like God don't know what he's doing and as if he needs your help. But let me set you free right now and let you know that God does not need your help and he knows exactly what he's doing. And anyone who's ever seen the hand of God in their life, can you put your hands together, make some noise if you know that God has never led you astray. You had to make decisions when you didn't have all the information, but the next step was always right. If you think about this for a second, Cornelius had to send people to Peter, and he had very limited information. God said to Cornelius, Cornelius, go get Peter. Cornelius is probably thinking, that's 31 miles away. Get started. And guys, this is walking. Some of y'all wouldn't drive 31 miles if God told you to drive. You're like, 31 miles? That would mean I'd have to go to that city. I don't go to that city, God. They're too bougie over there. I ain't going over there. And, 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 and if you think about it, these guys that went to find Peter, they walked 31 miles. That's only half the trip because now they got to come back. Y'all, a marathon is 26 miles, okay? So 31 miles is a long way to walk. But Cornelius was obedient to the very limited information God gave him. God said, take your next step. Cornelius did it. Peter gets a vision. Peter's like, what do I do with this? God says, just go with them and I'll show you. Somebody say your next step. This is the way God works. God works in the power of next steps. He's always leading you to your next step. And what you have to do, what your response is, is to obey. You see, this is what discipleship is. If I had to give you discipleship in a sentence, it would be this. Discipleship is your next step of obedience. Let me say that one more time. Discipleship is your next step step of obedience. And sometimes that next step of obedience, oftentimes that next step of obedience is something uncomfortable because we want to live in our comfort zone. And God is oftentimes outside of our comfort zone. And oftentimes his plan and purpose for us is outside of our comfort zone. Oftentimes the things that God is getting ready to do in your life is going to require you to put your excuses aside, put your, it's just the way I am aside and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I believe you. I trust your word. I don't have all the answers, but I trust that you hold my future and you know that the next step is the best step for me. You can give God some praise for that right now. What I love about baptism, and we're going to celebrate baptism in just a few minutes, is this is a next step. And here's what I mean. I've encountered some people that have said, you know, Pastor Josh, I, I'll, I'll get ready to get baptized when, when I know, like, my purpose, when I know, know my purpose. Let me tell you something. I'm 41 years old, pastor in church, and I still don't know, know my purpose. I trust God every single day for what he's doing in my life, but I know enough to take my next step. And for some of you, your next step is water baptism because you've already raised your hand and said, I invite Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life, and I want to receive all that he has for me. Well, let me tell you something. Baptism then becomes your next step. Oh, but Pastor Josh, I don't understand everything. That's why he doesn't give you a map. He just says, just take your next step. And I heard some people say, well, Pastor Josh, I'll, I'll get baptized when, I am, when, when I'm like done, you know, when I'm done with this world. Because, you know, when I get baptized, I don't want to make any mistakes afterwards. Let me set you free right now. You're going to make a mistake after you get baptized. We're, we're, we're just fallen people, not perfect people. And the water doesn't make you perfect. It makes you wet. But there's spiritual significance behind that, okay? And, and so some of y'all are like, I'll do it when I'm ready. You'll never be ready. In a way, it's like having a kid. Can I get a loud amen from all the parents in the tent? You're never ready, are you? I mean, you got everything, but you ain't ready. 
Like, you got the diaper jean, but you ain't ready. You got the crib, but you ain't ready. You got the car seat, you ain't ready. Because when they have that first blowout and the poop gets to the back of their head, you weren't ready for that, were you? You're like, how? Like, how is it on your head? All the young people in the room are like, he's crazy. No, I'm a dad. Wait till you have your own kid and you're pulling stuff out of God knows where. Sometimes I think that's how God is with us. It's like we get water baptized. We're like, how in the world did that get there? You know what I'm saying? But like God is still for us and he's towards us and he loves us. And so you don't need to know what's going to happen in 100 steps. You just need to know what your next step is. And you have got to have the boldness to say, I am going to take my next step. Do me a favor. Tell your neighbor that your next step is the best step. I'll say that a little louder. Come on, Lighthouse. Just tell me your next step is the best step. And here's what I know about God. Write this down. God meets us at our next step. God meets us at our next step. Because what happens is oftentimes what we want from God is on the other side of your step of obedience. What you are looking for from God is on the other side of that decision that you make. And some of us are like, I want to get up at 5.30 a.m. and pray. I don't want to fast. I don't want to read my Bible. The book of Leviticus makes no sense, Pastor Josh. I ain't reading it. I want to do this. And that's why it's called being a disciple because a disciple is from the same word that we get discipline from. And I just happen to believe that living a life of discipline is living a life of freedom. I happen to believe that. I believe that our discipline to Christ gives us a life of freedom here on earth. And so God will always be on the other side of that next step. Your responsibility is to take that next step. There's so much power in that next step. So I, I just celebrate with all the people who are getting baptized. Can we clap our hands right now for everyone that's going to be getting baptized in just a moment? And, and, and so let, let's go back to the story and finish this off. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35. Here's what happens. Peter shows up, and it's actually a pretty awkward moment when Peter shows up to Cornelius' house because neither of them have all the answers. They're just taking the next step. Peter, Peter responded because Cornelius sent people. So, Peter so Cornelius took his next step. Peter took his next step. Peter arrives in the house, and it gets awkward because the Bible says Cornelius doesn't know what to do, so he throws himself at Peter's feet, and the Bible says he starts to worship him. And Peter knows, like, like, this is a problem. Like, you can't worship me. We only worship one person, and it's God. And so Peter's like, get up, Cornelius. What are you doing? Are you trying to get me in trouble with God? Stand up. You know what I mean? It's like this awkward encounter. And he, he like, dabs him up afterwards. Like, yo, chill, man. I'm a man just like you. And he's like, I don't even know why I'm here. You sent people to come and get me. God said for me to come, so let's talk. And so the Bible says they sit down, and Peter's sharing with him what he saw from God, and Cornelius is sharing with him what he saw from God. Acts 10, 34 says this. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So Peter did not figure out what any of this meant until he took his next step. And it was only when he took his next step that he had a moment of clarity where he finally understood what God was trying to tell him. Write this last note down. You will never find God by ignoring his word. You will never, you will never find God by ignoring his word. So when God tells you to take a step and you're like, 
Do I got any other options? And God's like, no, this is it. God says, take your next step. And we're like, but I don't want to take that step. And God's like, you ain't moving forward until you take this next step. And sometimes we come to church and we're like praying for God's will and asking him what, asking him what we should be doing. And God's like, look, I told you like five weeks what you should, been do, what you should be doing and you haven't done anything with that yet. So we go to God and we're like, God, I need you. And God's like, I'm still waiting on you. I already gave you your next step. You haven't taken your next step. So what is old to you is still new to me because it didn't happen yet. And so we'll go to God and we're like, God, why, why, why not? How come this hasn't happened? And God's like, listen, this will happen when you take your, say it with me, next step. You take your next step, then I'll show you what's next. And so I'm coming to a close now. For those of you that are getting baptized, if you need to change, go change right now and get ready because we're going to get ready to close. And when you're done changing, meet me over on that side of the tent, okay? So then let's go on with the scripture. So after Peter gets this revelation from what's supposed to happen. Then the Bible says, so Peter starts to preach to Cornelius. He's like, all right, I see what's going on here. God sent me here to preach to you. He starts preaching to him all about uh, the gospel. He preaches to him about Jesus. He starts preaching to him about how Jesus was crucified for our sins, but he didn't stay in a grave. He got up, and he starts preaching to him. And now Cornelius is like starting to feel it. And this is what we pick up in the scripture, Acts 10, 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then, and so let me pause right there before I get to the rest of it. So what's crazy about this passage of scripture is what is happening in Acts 10 is similar to what happened in Acts 2. And in Acts 2, so you know the full story, is the Jews were baptized with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 began to speak in other tongues. And up until that point in, sto- in history, this had only happened to the Jews. Somebody say to the Jews. To the Jews only. So the Jews, they had their, like, their, their stuffy self, all of their, like, all of their feelings validated. They're like, see, we are the chosen ones. You see, God came just for us. That's why we got the Holy Spirit. That's why we're speaking in other tongues. All this is just for us. It hadn't happened to the Gentiles yet until Acts 10. When Acts 10 happens... Now, the Holy Spirit is being poured out on the Gentiles, just like it did in Acts 2. And this had not yet happened. Now, let me ask, raise your hand in this tent if you're a Gentile. Okay, let me help you out. Some of you that don't know what a Gentile is, it's anyone who is not a Jew. So let me ask one more time. Raise your hand if you're a Gentile. A lot more hands up. Oh, I didn't know, Pastor. That's you. That's me. I'm not a Jew. And so I'm a Gentile. That, that, that's just Bible nomenclature. That's, that's Bible language right there. Because to the Jews, they were like God's chosen in the beginning. And so they were like, yo, if you ain't with us, you're just a Gentile. It was a generic word used for everyone else. But it hadn't, they had not yet seen this happen to Gentiles. So when it happens, Peter, truthfully, is like, huh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect this to happen. I thought this was just for, like, me and James and Mary, I mean, Thomas. I mean, they thought it was just for us. And in this moment, they're just seeing the Holy Spirit poured out. They're speaking in other tongues. It's just exactly like Acts chapter 2. And so Peter's like, I think we need to do something. And then we come to our last portion of Scripture. Now Peter says, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water, for they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. 
So he ordered them that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with him for a few days. What an incredible story that we see here in the life of Cornelius. This had not yet happened in history. Lighthouse, this is why I read that statement earlier. This was the most powerful thing that had happened in the world, and they didn't even know it yet. They, they didn't even know the significance of what they were living through. I don't have enough time to explain what happens next, but let me just say this. Peter had to go back to Jerusalem, talk to the leaders of the church, and tell them, yo, we got to make some changes because we thought this was just for us Jews, but he's doing it for the Gentiles. And this was a struggle, not just for months, but for years in the early churches. They figured out, what do we do with all these people who are receiving the same forgiveness, being baptized, getting poured out the power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, it's happening for them. Let me just say it one more time. This was an extraordinary event, but it started with an ordinary person named Cornelius. This was an extraordinary event, but it just took one guy saying yes. Imagine if Cornelius doesn't send his people to go and get Peter. Listen, y'all, we're not here today. The Gentiles don't get to come in to the church if Cornelius doesn't do the thing that God told him to do. If Cornelius doesn't take his next step, there's no you and there's no I. If Cornelius doesn't take his next step, there's no Gentiles in the church. So this is the significance of his next step. Some of you have not yet made this decision to get water baptized for the reasons that I've said earlier. But what if I told you that if you took this next step, it would forever change your marriage? What if I told you if you took this next step, it would forever change your children? What if I told you that if you took this next step, it would change the trajectory of your entire family? Because not only would your children live in a different home, but their children will live in a different home. And their children will live in a different home. And their children will live in a different home. This is the significance of this next step. This is the power of this next step. I grew up in a family of preachers and pastors, but that happened because someone preached to my grandfather along the way because this was not in his household. But someone felt enough to talk to him. He gets water baptized. He becomes a pastor in the church, and now the entire legacy has shifted. And so don't think of this as just, well, pastor, I'm just going in the water and getting wet. What does all this mean? It means God is with you. It means that the old man is God. The new man is raised. It means that you are now in Christ, which means you are a new creation. All the former things have passed away. All things have become new. That's the beauty. That's the significance of this moment. And you'll never be the same. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you'll never be the same. That's what we believe about baptism. So I don't know, this, this baptism may not be your next step. Maybe there's something else that God is leading you to do, but whatever God is leading you to do, my hope and prayer today, Lighthouse Church, is you would do it. My hope and prayer is that you would do it. And listen to me right now. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm going to have our team get ready. We're going to start our baptisms. If you're like, yo, I didn't know that this is what I'm supposed to do with baptism. And I want to get baptized like right now, but I'm not ready, Pastor Josh. Can I just tell you that I got you? I got shorts. I got shirts. I got a towel for you. We've got everything you need to get baptized right now, today. You can change the trajectory of your life and everyone that comes after you today. 
So in a moment, we're going to get ready to baptize them. But if you're like, Pastor, I just want to do this right now, then I'd encourage you to run back there. we got a table. Our team will meet you there. Let them know, I want to take this next step. And you can join in the baptisms here today. And we will celebrate with you. We are going to party with you. And we are going to believe that God has made you a brand new person. The former things are passed away, and all things are new. Once again, let's clap our hands all over this tent. Once again, and as I get you to stand to your feet. As you stand to your feet, would you just raise your hands? Come on, all over this tent. I want us to one more time enter into a moment of worship as they get ready for baptisms. I want you right there, wherever you're at, however you are able to, would you just go ahead and start lifting up your hands, start having a conversation with Jesus, start talking with our Heavenly Father. What is the next step that He's calling you to? What is the next step that He's leading you to? What is the next step that He's asking you to take? What is the next step that God wants you to do? Come on, start having a conversation with him. Come on, let's lift our hands towards heaven, Lighthouse. Everyone all over this place, let's lift our hands towards heaven. What is that thing? What is that thing that he's calling you to do? What is that thing that God is asking of you? What is that next step that he's leading you to? We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. And as you lead us into this next step, Lord God, we are so grateful, Lord, for your presence that is here. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. In just a moment, after our baptisms, I'm going to open up this altar. And some of you need to pray. And some of you want to get prayed for. I want you to run up here. And we're going to pray for you. And we're going to celebrate with them. But in a moment, we're going to have a time where we're going to pray with you. And whatever your next step is, God is going to guide you. God is going to lead you. Let's clap our hands right now. We got two brave young ladies, incredible young ladies, beautiful young ladies who have made a decision to get baptized and what I love about them making this decision in their youth is I truly believe that there's a lot of things that they're going to be spared from later in life. There's a lot of hurt that's going to be avoided because they made a decision at a young age to get baptized. So for Dana and Gianna, we're so excited to celebrate with you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for both of them right now. And then we're going to baptize both of them, and we're going to enter into a time of worship. And so right there, would you lift your hands and kind of extend them up here towards this baptistry? And let's pray for these beautiful young ladies. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. For Gianna, we thank you, God. For Dana, we thank you, God, for this decision that they've made to follow you. And they are now taking their next step. We celebrate with them. We thank you, God, because sins are being forgiven. We thank you, God, because new life is beginning. We thank you, God, because from this day forward, they'll never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.